This is Mildred Tassoni, and I have Irene Caniano here, and she's going to talk about her new book uh, and how her experiences with writing it, and so um, here we go. Irene, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you, Mildred. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, uh, I haven't had a chance to look at your book, but I didn't really want to until after the show so that I had kind of fresh eyes on it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, why don't you start off by giving you some of your background, giving us some of your background, and then we'll start talking about the book. Fine. Well, I had a career in education for 25 years. I never thought I would change careers. But as I was later in my career, I started noticing some students and even my own family, people were very bright and creative, and they really weren't meeting their potential. And when I heard about life coaching for productivity, it hit um, a point for me that I said I want to switch careers, and I went on to become a productivity coach, working with high school and college students. And from there, I discovered the joy of working with older people. I started working with 20-somethings, and that's now the group that I love to work with. Which we were discussing briefly a few minutes ago. It's um, a target market for for everyone, real estate agents, uh, store owners, online retailers. So it's very interesting that you have a handle on that. So um, why don't you give us an idea of the book and then we can, uh, you know, talk about um, the millennials. Yeah, what happened was when I was coaching the 20-somethings, I noticed common themes. And I said, hey, there are some of the things that I went through when I was younger also. So why not write a book and address some of these things? And basically, anybody coming for coaching not only wants productivity, but they want happiness. So I decided to title the book, Design Your Happiness. And it focuses on the individual really getting clear of what they want out of their life. And um, if you want me to tell a little bit more, I will. Yeah, no, keep going. Go ahead. Okay. So um, I divided it up into three parts. And the first part is talking about you, what you want, what you want to put in your life, what's not working. The second part talks about relationships, uh, what do you want to learn, um, uh, how to improve your relationships, and also the two very important kinds of relationships we have. And then the last part is about all the choices we can make in our life. Uh, My son had emphasized how important it is to have stories uh, for for meaning. And then I also put in activities for self-assessment and reflection. And then I put in um, explanations of the different concepts from some of the experts of positive psychology and from coaching, and weaved it in into a millennial-friendly kind of format because somebody who I knew who was 25 read it and gave me some hints of how millennials read. They like to scan. They like lists. They like charts. They like visuals. So I put some of that in the book to make it more appealing to them. Um, were you, did you do any testing besides just to the one person? Do you do? 
I did. Um, I put it out to a, a number of young people and had a lot of input and revisions after I spoke to the young people. And I had the former input from my coaching clients. I kind of knew a lot that was going on in the heads of people who are in their 20s, facing a myriad of decisions, making many transitions, and what happens when they're going through all that and what they need to consider in their lives. So that coaching experience that I had with my clients was a lot of the on-the-job research before I started writing the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you mentioned you, it's the first in a series. You've got a second one in the pipeline, right? Yes. What happened was I wrote a book, and I decided to break it up into two books. And the first book focuses totally on the individual and the choices they're making for their customized life. And the second book is Take Charge of Your Life. It's about the challenges that come up in life and some of the strategies you can use to progress in life, to handle the tough times, and to feel really good about your future. And a lot of that comes from many, many sources and I put it in different categories, but in each category, there's a lot of information from other experts. So I want to get that book out. That's already in the draft form. But uh, hopefully people will pick up the first book, uh, Design Your Happiness, and, and get to to like the way it's written. Um, I know we were discussing briefly. I have a couple of questions, obviously. But um, you, it is on Amazon, and you are posting it um there is another place that you can post to get it too. So um, uh, you will have it on Amazon, and we'll have the links on our it's all over different places, our Facebook and our um, Blog Talk Radio um, channel, so that you can uh, people can get the book. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that you you have charts and graphs, which I love. And um, so why do you feel that, you know, your chart, your book is for millennials, so it's for younger people? Do you feel like that older people are kind of going through the same thing? They just have more background, or is it that much of a difference? Or what, what do you... What well, my thought was I really wanted that. I really wanted to give the resource of the coaching that I had gotten and put it in a form for the millennials. It's helpful to anybody, but when you're in your 20s, and especially millennials, they're very receptive to open and open to ideas. I feel that they always do research, they're always asking people's opinions, and they are willing to try new ways and see options. So I thought, even though all these concepts are general coaching concepts and positive psychology. They could approach anybody's life. Millennials are at a time where they're making big decisions, who their mm-hmm. partner is going to be, where they're going to work, where they're going to live. And to put this place uh, in your life, earlier in your life, I think it can help you really to find a path more easily. And it's good to know earlier. I learned this stuff when I went for coach training, and it was kind of late in life. And I thought, wow, if I had had it when I was younger... So I said, why not offer it uh, more targeted to the millennials? Mm-hmm. Um, but you feel that it would be applicable to anybody? or I definitely do because of what I do in this, uh, the stories I pick, a lot of the people are maybe in their 30s or even older, and they have dramatic change in their life. And I'm using the story to, as an illustration for the people who read, but all mm-hmm. of us can relate to the stories. Um, so 
there's one story of a woman who was, uh, she had an abusive husband, but before that, she had had been raped by a relative and had lost her mother to cancer. It was just a terrible childhood. And Mm. um, when she was in the abusive situation, she couldn't get out. And then she tells her story of how she turned her life around. And that's like a motivating story, but it's an older woman, but I think the younger people can surely relate to it, and all of us could. Um, yeah, I I think so. We have a um, a caller. I'm going to put them on and see if they have a question for you. Very good. Hi, yes. Hi, hello. you're on the air. Hi, yes. Um, um, so, uh, Mrs. Kennedy, I read your your book, and my question is, um, you know, my favorite story was, um, you know, the uh, it was a hermit in the jungle. I could really relate to that. And um, you know, I was just curious. You know, what was what was your favorite uh, you know story that you included in the book? Well, thanks for that question. The Hermit in the Jungle is a wonderful story, and I'll just mention about that. One of the chapters talks about how important environment is to every one of us. And uh, the Hermit in the Jungle actually always hated city life, and he decided to go and um, get a job working as a caretaker in the Amazon rainforest. So he got his perfect environment. So that's a great story. Um, My story that I think um, I would pick just to to talk about tonight is uh, one that I think is very relevant, and that's someone we know. It's Lady Gaga, and I'd like to use her story. Um, It comes from the chapter called Tribes, and Tribes is encouraging people to join groups and and join groups of interest to them. And Lady Gaga tells that she was an introvert, and she still is an introvert. She doesn't really love being with lots of people um, as a regular way of life, but she joins groups for her goals. And one of her goals, of course, is her music, and she hooked up with Tony Bennett, 89-year-old man, and she has her concert group that she works with, and that's very fulfilling for her. And uh, she also tells another tribe she belongs to is the... Born the Way Foundation. It's her own foundation with volunteers and contributors. So everyone could benefit from Lady Gaga's example, and I think that's a story I like because I didn't join groups until I was much older, and I kind of think that kind of inspiration for people who haven't felt comfortable stretching and joining groups. So that kind of is one of my stories that I like, but Herman in the Jungle is another good one, obviously, an excellent story for illustrating that point on environment. Thanks for asking that. That's very interesting. Thank you. Um, What uh, what groups are you? Do you participate in? You said you didn't join groups till you were older. Yeah. Well, my husband was a Toastmaster, and he encouraged me to try Toastmasters. So I've been a Toastmaster for at least ten years, and. you and I know each other because we were at the Just for Women Expo, and that's from the Lions Club, and then I'm in the International Coach Federation. And all of those groups uh, really enhanced my life and helped me to reach my goals. So I learned late in life how important they, it is to organizations. Um, well, that's one reason why I feel uh, volunteering is um, so useful. Um, because you meet lots of people and you can volunteer your services and you can learn things, whatever, you know, if if you have a new program you want to learn. Volunteering, people are so um, 
they um, they don't care. They want you to help them. There's more work than anybody can do, so you can just keep d- learning and doing things. Um, so I think volunteering is very helpful. Um, That's really and you true. You meet a lot of people. Um, let's see. We have another caller here. Let me. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, um, I had a question about uh, where I'd like to know where Miss Caniano got the idea for her cover. I'm looking at it online, and it's a very interesting picture. But I want to know what it has to do with the title of the book. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Uh, what happened? Somebody, was, one second. Somebody yeah. has their sound on in the background. So if you'll turn that off, then we won't sure. get the feedback. Yeah. Okay. No, still have it on. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Okay. Yes, thank you. Hi. Okay. Okay, good. Um, Yes, about the cover. The cover went through so many different ideas, and the first idea was to put just a design up, and uh, there's difficulty getting that uh, to look right. And then we tried... The, a really good idea someone gave us is putting the picture of an illustration of a person drawing on a canvas, designing, and then all the beautiful things of life around them. So you're designing your life, which really was a wonderful idea, but it was very hard for me to get an illustrator to do that. So then I went for images, and I would find images of millennials um, at a bar. I'd find millennials at work or with their family, but nothing really seemed right. And then my 20-year-old, 20-year-old granddaughter found a picture, which to me did exhibit happiness for a person. And it was a woman who was running through a field on a beautiful day, and she's holding in her hand a beautiful, long fabric of red, and she's just running through the field. And I thought that epitomized personal happiness for the simplicity of life, for just being happy with yourself. So that's how that happened. Yeah, it does seem very joyful, the, the yes. picture. Thank you. So the, okay. the, happiness, the happiness emphasis on the, on yeah, the picture. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for calling. Uh, bye. Um, what type of groups would you recommend for millennials to join? Well, what I did in the book, I gave a whole list of kinds of groups. One of my clients is really into trucks. So there's truck meetups. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew that, you know, I had to put that in there. And then mm-hmm. I did put in volunteering, like you said, Mildred, because there are simple things as volunteering for an event. You would volunteer for two hours. And that's a little taste of getting out there so, somewhere. So I thought that would be a way. And then I put all the things like um, artistic, sports, music, um, organizations, Big Brother, and those kind of things, and many kinds of interest groups. So I did put a big list there and ask people to kind of think what groups do they belong to, what might they consider, and then, of course, there's just the plain meetup groups that people can just look online. So there's mm-hmm. so many ways to connect. Um, do you find that they're uh, turning away from just online groups or is it more difficult that they're not used to physically joining an uh you know an event to volunteer or something like that I think they're making the best out of both worlds they're constantly connected virtually but I do see that they value personal connection with friends and and going out and meeting up and, and joining clubs 
whether it's at college or or I think once you get into the work life, it's a little harder to start thinking what organization you want to belong to. But as they get settled in their job, I think there's, they'll start looking for um, places where they can connect also. But time is sometimes a factor when you're first beginning a job. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any kind of uh, checklist to help people um, figure out what they might like to do but aren't really sure or... You know, if you could give us an example of one of your checklists, say. Okay. Well, in the in the first chapter, there's um, a strengths inventory, and it's actually an online assessment that you can do. Otherwise, you can do the paper one that I have in the book, and it's a free online assessment. And when you see that, you kind of notice your your top strengths, and that may gravitate you either into volunteer work or work. I think a lot of people don't um, understand that they do have specific strengths that are very valuable. They don't. They kind of devalue their own strengths. So that's part of it is knowing what you're good at. And then also if you're not sure of what you want to do, just get out there and do something mm-hmm. and just test things out. And you, you don't know what you'll like or dislike. You'll find out. And you can do it by process of elimination. Mm-hmm. Things I might that. not even be invented yet that you're going to be good at. That's that, true. You know, five mm-hmm. years down the road, you're going to find that you're good at something. That w- that didn't exist today. I think we can speak of that because of our age, right? How much has changed? Right, right. And just all the, you know, aside from the technology or, um, you know, the online causes or, you know, there's so much that you can do. So, um, and I think you're right. You just get out and do something. And then, you know, if you don't like it, so you do something else, you know. You you haven't lost, you've gained experience. So mm-hmm. um, what, uh, so so if somebody gets the book, and is this something that they'll just start using? Um, I, you know, there's no quick fixes, you know. So it'll just help them, and then they can start to, figure out what they like, and then go back to it? Is that how you structured it? Well, I structured it, and I think I'll I'll speak on that, um, design your happiness. The idea of design your happiness is if you were designing a website or a house, you would kind of have components. You would like to know what size and colors and shapes, whatever you're doing, uh, to design it. So this is like these are nine components for your life, for instance, environment, values, your gifts, your, your, your network. And you're going to pick and choose in each of those components by the activities that are in the book. So I'd say you could just read one chapter, read about your gifts, and maybe you want to just concentrate on that for a while, exploring your gifts, using your gifts, acknowledging your gifts, feeling very secure in who you are. And then maybe then you'll read another chapter, and that chapter is on values, and you get to sort that out. So you can do chapter by chapter. You could do the whole book and then, you know, just kind of refer back. But I think it's the kind of book, when you read it, it, it resonates. You'll, you'll get it. It's, it's the examples of the stories and the activities. It, it'll be pretty clear on how you can mm-hmm. apply that to your life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I love charts and graphs. So um, we have another caller. Hi, did you have a question? Yeah, hi. Um, I wanted to know, since you didn't have a background as an author in your previous careers, how did you go about the process of creating a book? Oh, thank you for that question. This is a story to tell. Um, The word self 
self-publishing is definitely a misnomer because you can't really do it yourself. Um, I had all the information I wanted to put in the book, and of course I told you before that I had millennials and others give me feedback. But the uh, difficulties came in when I actually tried to upload it as a book. But I must say, Amazon.com is terrific. They have an author site called CreateSpace, and they give you all the support you can possibly want. And uh, they gave us templates to make a cover and also to do the uploading of the text and to format and a lot of help. So it wasn't so bad, but I had to spend a lot of time on the phone. Are you interested in being an author? I've thought about it from time to time, but I've never really dwelt on one topic long enough to get anywhere with it. But, it, you know, nowadays there's all sorts of things that are possible that was never possible before. That's so true. And I, I obviously I would never have had a publisher come and see me. Um, I had to do it the self-published way, and it was very nice to have that option. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much for calling. Um, um, so if a millennial or anyone, they read the book, okay, and um, is there a way that then you can follow up with them? You do individual coaching for this as well? Well, the one thing I did put in the book is a kind of a a way for people to connect informally first. So I did put in the back of the book a phone, um, a Facebook uh, link. I'm going to be posting phone sessions for group calls, and it's just going to be talking about the book. So anyone can call in to listen or to participate. And we'll have periodic calls, and then people can get a feel for what it's like to, I guess, with the coaching kind of concepts and the book. And then if they'd like to have a session and try it out, I think they'd feel very comfortable because coaching is a very positive experience and it really brings out the best in people and helps them get to their goals efficiently. But I don't think that people would right away to jump into coaching. They might want to have a little feel for maybe first talking. So I'm going to have these little free sessions uh, on a Facebook list so we can all get together and talk if we want to. Mhm. Um it's interesting you talk about coaching. So, do you mostly do individual one-on-one coaching or do you do group coaching? How do you, you know, is there I, there's no be- best way, but what do you think? Right. Well, so far I've only done individual coaching and this this Facebook group um that we've made up possibly on the phone, we might kind of want to make an informal group coaching. We could do that. Um my experience so far has been uh, personal coaching, one to one, and I've always offered Skype, in person, or phone. Um, it seems that people prefer the phone or in person. I have had, never had a person who wanted to Skype, which I thought was very surprising. Hmm. I have a, a friend who does. Uh, she, uh, the headache coach, is um, what she does, and uh, she's done Skype. I know she Skyped and and done coaching that way. Um, uh, so you never know, you know, you probably will now that the book's out, um, you could, uh, you know, try that too, because it seems like the video is very effective. Um, but you're right. Talking like talking on a phone is a different, it's a different thing. You're not focusing on a computer or looking at somebody or it's a more private if you will, um, way of communicating. 
Um, and it's funny, um, another part of it is um, during the sessions we have check-ins. People can either call, text, or email me. And millennials just love texting. So it's been mostly texting, even on the yeah. in-between. Oh, they have te- their preferences. Mm-hmm. Um, I work in real estate as well as marketing because a lot of real estate is marketing. And it has made it, texting has really helped in the whole part of the process as far as connecting with somebody to show a property, the time, we're going to be late, we're here. It really has been an incredible time saver and more efficient. So what do you, what do they text you? What kind of things are you texting? Well, uh, suppose they say for the week they're going to um, try to have better time management, okay? So they're going to be more efficient, get to work on time per- perhaps. Um, they mm-hmm. might text me, I'm still having a lot of trouble, or they might say, I've been doing great. So they kind of let me know how things are going, and then we can tweak it. So if, if they're having a problem, we can put in another resource. We could probably find another way to give a support. So that midweek, the check-in helps that we come back next week and we don't start from zero or that we've actually lost ground. We never right. want that to happen. So midweek, we catch whatever needs to be caught or we celebrate whatever was accomplished. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. What would you say is the most interesting response that you've gotten from the book? It's it's mostly about the stories. People just like stories, and it's so true. Mm-hmm. And they'll tell me, like, I like the story. or it, It's mostly about the stories so reinforce the concept, and mm-hmm. it becomes real to the people. And they don't forget the story, and then they won't forget the concept. So it, I think it's the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, have you? What is your response from non-millennials to the book? Have you gotten a different, you know, any a different major takeaway from them as opposed to to the millennials? It was sort of um, sort of my reaction that it would have been handier to have this knowledge earlier, and they did feel <laughs> it was very it was very. Um, helpful. One of my friends said, why are you making it just for millennials? So I thought that was very, that was a huge compliment for me. Yeah. I, I agree, because it sounds like I don't, you know, millennials, yes, they don't have the experience, but everything is, you, you get to a certain point, and everything's changing, you know? So um, I, I can see why your friend said that. Yeah, um, uh, are you doing any local seminars around uh, Long Island and New York? Well, I just finished a three-part seminar locally. Um, I'm thinking maybe I should do a couple more of the same seminar. It's the Design Your Happiness seminar, but it's broken up into three parts, so we focus on mm-hmm. different things each time. And um, they did. the people did enjoy that, and they really were touched by some of the parts of when you look at your life. So I think that would be a thing I should do, but I haven't booked any yet. So I, you've kind mm-hmm. of given me some motivation, Mildred. <laughs> um, now, your website, what is your website? Which will have links. I'll update the um, information on Blog Talk Radio. But what is your website that people can go and find out? Um, okay. Join your mailing list. 
How can people Thank you. join your mailing list? Then? Okay, I'll give the website, and um, I just want to preface it with saying that as a productivity coach, I work on 11 essential skills. So that's why the, the, the name of the website is um, essential, with the number 11, skills.com. So www.essential11skills.com. Okay. And we'll put links and we'll have links to the book and and everything else. Well, we're almost out of time. What would you like to wrap up with? I just think um I just like to wrap up with this. Every one of us I think sometimes has to go through our life closet and sort things out and say what needs to be kept, what needs to be changed, what needs to be mended, what do we need to add and Basically, I don't think it's just millennials. All of us really need that time to just do that so we can plan for our own happiness. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. That's so well put. Well, um, I'm, look- I'm looking forward to reading this book. I'm looking forward to your next book. And um, hopefully I'll be able to get to one of your seminars soon. So um, I thank you very much. And we will be posting everything and you'll be updating us on status and hope hopefully you'll come again thank you very much i appreciate the opportunity to talk to you yeah it's been great it's really good so we'll talk to you soon thank Bye-bye. you take care bye <laughs>